Welcome to Rethink Real Estate. My name is Ben Brady, and this is a real estate podcast based around the principles of our non-distressed auction model and Australian real estate concepts at work today in the US marketplace. We focus on scripts, dialogues, real situations in negotiation, listing appointments, prospecting, and all concepts to do with real estate. We look forward to being real and rethinking real estate with you. Welcome back to another episode of Rethink Real Estate. Ben and Jason here. And uh, excuse us if we're a little bit different today in respect to uh, what we are sounding like or uh, or how we are enunciating our words differently. We're actually uh, facilitating a new setup today. Isn't we're going that right? pro. We're going pro. It's a bit pro. Yeah, it's fairly pro, isn't it? Anyway, but um, guys, uh, wanted to continue on with our seller education series. This is going to be one of our longer series based on the premise of that there are so many intricate things that you could always think about and work on. Working on those uh, individual skill sets on a repetition basis is one of the most important things from my perspective, Jason, when it comes to seller education. And, you know, seller education is probably the most harsh term for it. It's really the realization of the marketplace for somebody, a seller or a buyer or whoever it may be, is really what ultimately we are working towards. Now, I think that it's important that we note that that part of the seller education is not going down and making sure that you're having tough conversations all the time, as we've pointed out a multitude of times. And the other thing that we need to make sure that we are very clearly working towards is that there is no instant gratification when it comes to educating your client on the marketplace in any way, shape, or form. So, Jace, let's uh, let's go through this and let's talk about it a little bit further because if we're going to go in chronological order, knowing that ultimately last week we had our interview with Bill Pascalino that sort of broke up the series a little bit, but leading up towards that, it was how to prepare the perfect seller report in order to make sure it's the most effective because you can do all the follow-up in the world, but if you don't report the information correctly, then ultimately it's, there's no point. Um, but then we got into the factor of the the weekly meeting agenda with the sellers and making sure that we're going through and, and going through that report in a chronological order and making sure that we are pointing out the things that the way that the report is designed to be a top-down approach for a process of elimination. But there are some key critical questions in that weekly meeting agenda. And that weekly meeting, when you have that meeting with the seller, whether it be over the phone, whether it be on Skype, whether it be face-to-face, there are some pivotal points at the end of it that I want to get to. And these are the scripts and dialogues and the questions that we need to be asking the seller in order to provoke their thought process about is their expectation higher than what the marketplace is willing to provide? Mm. So for example, in that weekly meeting agenda, which I still think is one of the most important things, is at the beginning of it, is that if I'm sitting in front of yourself as a seller, it'd be Jason, um, first question as it is every week is that, do you believe I'm doing everything in my power in order to get the property sold? Yeah, I think you're working hard, Ben. And, And that question, guys, is very, very important because again, you get to use that as leverage at a later date when they're saying no to the marketplace when it turns up because ultimately it comes back down to a process of elimination, which I've continually said. And there is no such thing as instant gratification in the education process, folks. But leading down to the end of that agenda and going through the report and doing all the things that we went through in the previous podcast is that going into the questions a little bit deeper. When you get over to the graft and you go through the average price feedback to date, you go through the lowest and you go through the highest and you may even go through some of the offers that you've been through. So at the end of that weekly agenda, asking the questions, Jason, 
I know that you want $1.5 million for your property. However, as we can see here, that there are some clear discrepancies with every buyer that's been through the front door. Regardless of whether they have the money or they don't have the money, they clearly don't believe your property is worth the same amount as what you do. Our average feedback to date has been around $1.2 million. We've had an offer at $1,050,000 that you've said no to. Jason, how close to this number of $1.2 million on an average perspective could you get to? Not close. Jason, I think that part of this process at the moment is me having a tough conversation with a good person. And that's really the hardest part of my job. And that's what I think we need to have right now because I need to make sure that this is a good investment of your time, my time, having your property on the marketplace. And what I may say to you leading forward may offend you, but it may get the thought process going to get your property sold. Is it okay if we continue this conversation? Yeah, sure. But below 1.5, we're not selling the house. So guys, I want to set up this conversation correctly because this is part of the process that every agent retreats from, Jason. Would you agree with that? Mm-hmm. Every time. Every single time they retreat away from this conversation. I don't know how to have the conversation. It's the most important thing. That's right. So let's set up the framework. So let's talk about, there's three different ways that we can set up a tough conversation, okay? Of And, and it's really not that tough conversation. All it is is tough questions to get a seller thinking. And again, folks, remember that all of the dialogue that we we go through today is ultimately questions to provoke the thought process. It's not what you say today that will get the property sold. It's what happens tomorrow from what you said today. Okay. Whether if that makes any sense whatsoever, ultimately it's what you say today that will have effect tomorrow on the seller's thought process about whether or not they're ready to accept the marketplace or whether or not they're going to come off their price. Don't expect to wave a wand and do real estate by magic and them to instantaneously come down on value. They need to think about what you've said to them, but that means you've got to set it up correctly. And I'm a huge proponent in setting up the tough conversation. And there's three real separate ways that I've always done it, Jason. Part of those I just showed you, but the first one is that, Jason, um, the tough part about my job is having tough conversations with good people, and this is going to be one of those times. Yep. Second one is, um, Jason, what I'm going to say to you may potentially offend you, but I believe that I have to have this conversation in order to get your property sold. Okay, if you were to gonna if you're gonna realise the marketplace, is it okay if I continue? Sure, it's pretty pretty hard to offend me. That's right. Um, second one, uh, third one rather. Okay, guys, I'll be I'll be honest. This this is my favourite one. Is that hey, Jason? I'll be honest with you. What comes next? It, it, it actually, I'm a little bit nervous to have this conversation with you. Folks, showing vulnerability in these environments is so very important and hopefully you can tell in my dialogue the level of vulnerability that I show and the level of understanding that I show. People dig into arrogance and give into courtesy and you need to be very courteous of the situation that you're asking that person. Regardless of whether it's pure greed that's getting in the way of them accepting the marketplace, you still need to show that vulnerability that you understand where they're coming from and you can appreciate where they're coming from because they're trying to sell their property. Mm -hmm. So, Jace, let's, uh, let's, let's use those, I, I suppose, in the context of that you want 1.5 million, you know, our average price feedback's roughly around a million two. Obviously, by design as well, if we've gone through the seller's expectation, public price, 24-hour price, we set the feedback level, we generated those two goal offers, the first one, and then the second one being lower than the first to make sure that there's no false perceptions of the marketplace going up. So guys, this is all a lot simpler to do if you use this in chronological order. These conversations are much better because you've 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 put those deposits into the bank account. And there's another key critical component of this. And I know I'm philosophizing before we get into the detailed part of this is that 
is that you need to earn the right, guys. You need to earn the right in order to do this. So, uh, Jason will do it again, is that, Jason, look, where it's sort of landing at the moment is that $1.2 million is the average of where we where most people are seeing that your property sit. And you've got to keep into context is that most of the buyers that we're getting through the property, they're not restricted by budget. They could pay more for the property. They just don't see the property is worth that. Mm-hmm. So, Jason, what leads into next is that, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous to have this conversation with you mm-hmm. because we need to start adjusting and thinking about what's next. Well, I appreciate that, Ben. Look, mate, at the end of the day, if uh, I'm just not willing to have such a haircut on the property, you know, we'll, we'll keep the property for, for a value like that. You know, $300,000 is a lot of money. Jason, let's, let's get back to the focus of this, of, of putting your home on the marketplace. What does selling your home allow you to do? It allows us to upgrade and get another property. Okay. Yeah. And, that, and that's... And, and but why, not at 1.2. But why are you upgrading and why do you want another property? We just need to do establish, Jason, is that is the why strong enough? Because the one thing that we've got to consider at the moment, and this conversation today isn't about making any actions, it's just about making sure that we're provoking the thought process, is that is your motivation to get 1.5 million higher than your motivation to sell the property and move to your next one? Yes. Okay. So, Jason, we need to establish... Is that 1.5 going to be possible? Because then we need to make a decision on whether or not we continue to push forward. Again, no decisions need to be made today. Mm-hmm. Because, Jason, I think that I'm, I'm probably guilty, okay? Is it based on, you know, my want to get you the most money the market will pay and to continue my good reputation within real estate? I think that I was probably a little ambitious in the beginning and I'm guilty of trying to get you too much in the beginning and allowing you to keep your expectations at 1.5. But the one thing that I'm not guilty of is burying my head in the sand right now and looking at all of the consistent feedback that we've had. And I have to draw it to your attention because I'm concerned that I've done my research and this is what I've found. And when I become concerned based on the volume of real estate that we're involved in, is that that's when I need to have a truthful and honest conversation with you at the moment. And, you know, I don't, I don't want you to accept less than what you want, but I may need you to if you are going to truly sell your home. But if your motivation to get 1.5 is, is higher than your motivation to sell the property, this, this process, you know, it may be very frustrating for you leading forward and you've got to make some very firm decisions. Well, mate, there's been three properties that have gone into escrow over the time that we've been on the market and most recently at the end of the street. Granted, I had a view, but it was a teardown for 1.66. I mean, again... To me, the value is justified at around 1.5 million. I don't think that's an unreasonable number. I think that's a fair number. And certainly for a $300,000 reduction, it's not going to allow us to do what we want to do next. And so we won't do what we want to do next. And, and, you know, I can respect all of those different things. And that's probably fueled my ambition in the very beginning of this process as well, Jason. No question, it helped my ambition. And certainly I'm provoking the marketplace by pointing out those type of results to us, to a buyer that's coming in the front door to show them value. But Jason, how many more people would you need to see through the front door? And this is not a rhetorical question. How many more people do you want through the front door that have the money to buy your home at 1.5 but then don't see it worth that? Because then that becomes true market value. And, you know, nine times out of 10, you know, you get what you want for real estate. But that 10% of the time you don't, and this will be one of those times potentially, it's whether or not you can come to terms with that that you need to have have that thought process with. Okay. So Jason, what I, what I would say right now is that 
the thing that I need to understand is that how close to $1.2 million would you start to consider? Not close. How close? I just need that pinpointed number so that I'm very, very aware. Now, guys, I want to pause very, very quickly here, okay? And we'll keep going with this conversation because it's important for us to look at each individual strategy that we're using. But guys, this is a pivotal part of the conversation, finding out the number. The thing that I hate and I absolutely detest, and hopefully you can tell by the tone of my voice, and also Jason, I know for a fact detest this, is the phrase, I think they'll take this. I think they'll take X. They might look at this. You are absolutely guessing. So you need to ask these questions deeper to find value. So getting back into dialogue, Jason, how close to 1.2 million would you consider? Mate, our, our number is 1.5. It's been 1.5 from the start. We told you 1.5. Nothing's quite uh, changed there, really. Jason, if you are going to continue to want 1.5, I think it would be a bad investment of your time to continue the frustration of me or any other agent telling you that your home is not worth that amount of money. But I need to know, would you consider one four? No. Even if it was non-contingent cash deal moving forward quickly, considering one four? No. Okay. What if somebody turned up with one four fifty? I'll talk to Lara. Okay. But Jason, I want you to understand that I've put out two numbers to you, one four and one four fifty that nobody categorically in your reports out of 50 people through the front door has thought your property is worth that. That's fine. There has to become a point of this though, Jason, where you have to realize that your property isn't worth what you want and it's worth what the market's willing to bear. That's fine. It might be worth more to me. That's not a problem. Absolutely. And that's where we have to determine whether your motivation to get a certain price is higher than your motivation to sell the home. And Jason, just so you're aware, is this conversation isn't going to go away is because I'm going to ask you the same thing tomorrow again. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to continue down this path that ultimately it is your decision and I back whatever decision that you you make. But I will say this, if there's a $300,000 discrepancy is that that is a very, very large discrepancy. That is a 20% discrepancy in respect to what you want versus what the market's willing to pay. So if I put it into context to you a little bit further, is that let's say you kept the property for 12 months, then you just put it back on the marketplace and the marketplace is exactly the same, which isn't likely because the marketplace is continuing to sort of slowly move down and lose a little bit of momentum. But let's say that I could get you the exact same amount of money again at $1.2 million. Ultimately, what have you achieved by holding onto the home? Because I believe the decision that you're making and the decision that you've got to make over the next 24 to 48 hours is bigger than a year bigger than two years. I believe the decision that you're making is probably for a three to five year period of time and the market may just bounce back and stay the same. Yep, and that may be the case. But again, mate, at the, at the minute we believe our value is 1.5, I think that the number's out there, there's enough justification out there and that's the number that we're going to chase and we'll keep on chasing it. But if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Jason, I want to just push back a little bit further again at the risk of offending you. Part of my job is having tough conversation with good people and I hope you can respect the fact that I'm having this conversation. You've given me three examples of properties that may provoke your home to be worth more. I've given you 50. Mm -hmm. 50 people through the front door. 
how many more would I need to show you in order for you to realize that your home isn't worth one five? You don't have to accept it, but you can accept that your home isn't worth more. You don't have to accept the price. You just have to accept the fact that your home isn't worth 1.5. More respectfully, I disagree. Could be 51, could be 100. It depends on that right person that's going to come through and see the value. Okay. And to me, if there's all, the, all those other buyers in the area seeing value in some of those other properties, undeniably that there's got to be something around that number for this home. I hate, I hate, look, I, I guess that we can be blinded by the fact of other sales in the area because those other sales in the area, I could find you more, if I can find you more sales in the area that represent the same value as what I'm showing you now from feedback, would you listen to those? Because now it comes down to a factor, Jason, of potentially you being blind to the feedback because of just the, the ultimate decision that you need to make and what you need to move on. Why is it that you need that one five? Because that's where we see the value for the property okay. and that allows us to do what we want to do next. Okay. And and what do you want to do next again? You want to buy that next time? Correct. How would you feel that if I went back to the buyers and I said to them is that they need to pay more money, not because the home's worth more, but just because you need to live a better lifestyle? It's got nothing to do with that. There's well, three other properties that sold with, for higher numbers. So but Jason, you're it's not an unreasonable request, Ben. Jason, you're focusing on those three. Sure. They just went into escrow. They just sold. I understand that. But that means that those properties are now, okay, they, whilst they may be comps, that means that the three best buyers in your local marketplace are now gone. Well, they so just weren't the best buyer for this property, Ben. Unfortunately, Jason, I just don't know that we're going to be able to achieve that and get there. Okay. So, again, the motivation for you to sell your property versus the motivation for you to move on, okay, they have to. You have to bring those. Then the number's got to be closer to one five. Otherwise, we're not moving on. So you said closer to one five. At one four, there's a conversation. One four, there is not a conversation. At one four five, there's a conversation. Yes. Okay. So, Jason, just to be clear though, even if I brought you one four, there wouldn't be a conversation. I need to tell them to go away. Correct. Okay. So, I need you to do something for me over the next twenty four hours. Mm-hmm. I need you to weigh up the decision to buy that next property. I need you to weigh up the decision that you're making to sell your property because ultimately, whether you think it's me or whether you think it's the marketplace or whatever it may be, the net net of the result is that if you go down the path of trying to list it with somebody else, is that it's going to be the same regardless, because you've already mentioned to me that you believe I'm doing everything in my power to get your home sold. Mm-hmm. Is that still the case after this conversation? Absolutely, mate. Okay, so. Jason, is there a possibility that greed is getting in the way of this? I don't think so. Why not? Because there's plenty of justification that's out there. You've had a good campaign. You've got good offers. Jason, respectfully, and this is where I need to push back harder, out of the risk that you're going to say no to an incredibly good offer that means that you accept less money in the future... Okay, which reflects ben, very we like the house, we'll stay in the house. That's okay, but I need to make sure that I'm doing my job in order to get you to realise the market value, okay? And if I'm not doing that job correctly, that means I'm just literally going, everything's going to be fine, no, keep the home, no problem at all. But Jason, the thing is that you've given me three bits of evidence, I've given you 50 bits of evidence, and I can show you other properties that would reflect the same because buyers are bringing those to us when they're comparing your home as well. Okay. So it's just a matter that you're not choosing to accept the marketplace, correct? Yeah, I'm not choosing 1.2, that's for sure. Okay. But how close to that would you start to consider? Would, could I well, how about this, Ben? How about we get those 50 people all at 1.2 million? Let's take it to auction. Let's see who's going to be the highest. Someone's going to be first. They can't all be 50th place. Yep. Now, again, some of them see it a little bit higher than 1.2. Some of them see it a little bit lower, but that is the average. However, the problem is, Jason, is that 
these people that we're getting feedback from, they all have no reason to lie to us about value because they don't want to buy your home because it's not ideal for them in the marketplace. Well, then, of course, they're not going to see value at 1.5. Yes, but in saying that, there's no reason for them to lie about what they think the home is worth in respect their opinion is irrelevant if they're not interested in the property true so then if we take on the if we take on the on board the people's opinion that mattered that are making offers they've made an offer of a million fifty and a million one right and of course they're going to want it for as cheap and cheerful as possible exactly but if but that's why i rely on you to push back four hundred thousand dollars difference jason is my gap at the moment and that is unachievable in the marketplace and i'm just trying to point that out Let's get that is the discrepancy at the moment. Let's get them to auction, Ben. Like you say, there's a 20% gap. Your average statistics from the uh, mm-hmm. starting price through to the eventual sale price is, what, 25% or something at the moment yep. from, from memory? Yep, that's from getting to start from to where the end result gets to on an average perspective. But I'm telling you right now, Jason, is that we're at a bidding to start from now for your property at a million dollars, and I've already brought them up 10%. I've only got probably, I've got 1.2 to 25 to go if you're going to use those statistics, but ultimately they are irrelevant. They're based on the emotional pull and the volume of people that are interested in your property. And even at a million Of which there seems to be substantial. There's no interest outside of the factor of really much over $1.2 million though, Jason. And all of these people, most of them have the budget to pay 1.5, but they just don't see the value in your home based on everything else that's on the marketplace. Mm-hmm. This, is a, this is a conversation where I don't want you to think that respect is being breached because respect is actually being given. Ben, it's impossible to offend me. We simply won't sell the property for less than our number. I can appreciate that, Jason, but I need you to think and reflect on the situation. Yeah, and let's see how the process and we'll certainly be doing that. Perfect. Now, guys, that's phone call one, and there was ample pushback, absolutely ample pushback there. And again, I'm very, very clear on the factor that Jason said now is that at one million four fifty, I've got a price indication out of Jason. One four, he's told me no, but I would say based on experience, at one four there would be a deal between one four to one four fifty at this point in time. Now, keeping in mind, folks, is the property is probably worth one three to one four anyway, and we are going down the path of tailoring and manipulating that feedback in order to make sure that the seller accepts the marketplace when it turns up. I think I'm a very very good chance that if I was between one three fifty one four to one four fifty. I believe that I could get Jason to realize market value. So second phone call comes. Now today is Monday. I've had my weekly meeting with Jason. Second phone call comes tomorrow morning. Okay, for my daily phone calls. Ring, ring, ring. Hey. Hey, Jason. Ben Brady here. How are you? Good, Ben. How are you? Good, mate. I just wanted to follow up with you. Uh, first of all, I want to go through some of the meeting agenda that we went through and make sure that that's still, there's no questions. Also, wanted to give you an update. This Wednesday, we've got an open house from 2 to 3. Okay. Is that still good for you and Lara? Yep. Wonderful. Saturday between 2 and 4. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, also, my job today is to go back through some of the people that are showing... A, pretty clear interest and see whether or not I can provoke an offer out of them, get them back into the property for a second showing for tomorrow's open house. That's Mm -hmm. when I'd ideally like to get them through. Mm -hmm. Um, But Jason, the other thing I wanted to make sure that uh, was our conversation last night was pretty deep and and there may be some bruising left after it because I stood firm on my factor of that 1.5 probably isn't very possible in today's marketplace. And I'm sorry to, to tell you the truth, but Ultimately, I didn't want to offend you in any way. Uh, however, I just wanted to see how you're feeling after that meeting. We feel fine. We're, I think there's clarity on both sides as far as where we sit. So, 
Yeah. Okay, so have you managed to have a conversation with Lara about if we cannot get that 141450 number, then, then you're not going to do the deal? That's correct. Okay, and you're going to keep the property? Yes. Okay, so Jason, the thing that I've got to make an educated decision on over the next 48 hours is whether or not I'm going to proceed forward with the listing at this point in sure time thing. based on where you guys want, want, want it. Um, I'm going to go back and I'm going to do a little bit more research and I'm going to come back to you with that research when we sit down again. Sure. Um, let's see and play out how things come but Jason I think that it's going to be the same message over and over again and if that's going to continue to frustrate you then I just want you to know is that I'd, I can't do anything but provide you the feedback that we are ultimately getting out of the market and remember feedback is not about the specifics of your property whatsoever it is just simply based on price and price alone that is why you're doing this process sure okay happy with that perfect great now guys out of that now I go back and I can make an educated decision. I want Jason to sleep on and I want him to sit on the factor that I'm not sure whether or not we can get this money. I'm not confident in getting that money. So therefore, these are the processes and this is the series of things that we can go to. Now, if Jason is an evidence type of person, which he is not at the moment, he's just simply standing his ground based on based on principle. I can give him a property next door that would be exactly the same as his that goes into escrow today at 1.3 million. He'd still think his home's worth 1.5. Had no front lawn. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, but ultimately, this property here, it, this is a clear indication of Jason wanting to be right for the sake of being right folks and ultimately it's not like me you cannot negotiate you cannot negotiate and it's not stupid it isn't stupid at all for him to just want what he wants but you cannot negotiate and you cannot bring to the realization of market value somebody that is saying no for just the sake of saying no so at this point i run the risk of if i push him any further he's just going to say no to the sake of saying no i could get him one million four hundred and eighty thousand dollars which would be an incredible offer he'd probably say no and want to counter back at one five two which do we counter jason we don't we do not. So again, guys, this is one of those situations where you need to realize a bad investment of time. And I would say that Jason needs to go through the process because go, go through the process and then take him back through it again through auction, okay, if you wanted to. But if he's going to stand firm, and this is where you have to weigh up your decision. If you don't have any other business, folks, keep going. Okay, run the open houses and know that there is a very slim chance of Jason accepting marketplace. But if you continue the education process for the saga of week three, four, taking back through auction or pushing back traditional with a with an acceptable list price on the property and then take it back to auction again. You need to work and manipulate this process because Jason is a typical seller at the moment that wants to stand by his value and wants to stand by what he wants. And your, your job, guys, is to chip away. Notice that this conversation would be the first of many conversations that I've ultimately had with Jason excuse me, this would be the first of many to come. And again, he is very, very hard on that factor at the moment. And I managed to chip away about $50,000 of expectation in the one conversation. Imagine what 15 to 20 more of them would. And notice that I'm slowly, gradually bringing him back on price in every conversation I have with him. That 1.4 to 1.45 range, he didn't correct me on that at all and say, no, it's 1.45 that we would consider. You need to gradually chip away at it and know that you're living on the edge, guys, waiting for somebody to snap at you and say, no, it's 145. 
You've got to make sure that you're manipulating enough in order to get them down and down and down and down and down. And hopefully this conversation here is a real proof of the fact that now you can go back and you can reflect on that conversation even further because you can even use the 24-hour meeting in all of this as well because, guys, you've now got the process of that all the reason he wants more money is just because he wants to buy a bigger home. That is not a good enough reason in order for us to get more market value and you need to continue to exploit that notion to show Jason that greed is the only factor getting in the way of this. Even though there might be one or two sales in a local area, that's a particular buyer at a particular time for a particular property for that particular moment in time that that particular seller accepted that offer and said yes. And they had their property on the marketplace at that particular time with the particular competition. There's just too many variables in place. And you need to continue to point this out to Jason that he is not seeing reason. Okay? So either way, folks, if I was to have another conversation with Jason the following week, Okay, when when we're sitting down in our weekly meeting, let's go through that again, Jason, and hopefully you guys can see the similarities in this conversation in week two of this process and sitting down. Uh, Jason, uh, do you believe that I'm doing everything in my power to get your home sold? Yes. Wonderful. Guys always ask that question at the beginning of the agenda because if it's a no, it's not an you were never going to win. You need to you need to ultimately try and change something and, and and get their guidance. And if it's just completely offhand, then you're never going to win that battle. But the, at the end of that meeting, going through that report, sitting down with Jason, Jason um, managed to get another 25 groups of people through the front door of your property in the last seven days. Um, out of that, we've managed to achieve another offer of $1.1 million on your property. Uh, average feedback is sort of actually scaling back a little bit now. It's actually $1,180,000. So it's not as strong as what it was at the previous week. How do you feel about things at the moment? Could be better. Mm -hmm. And and I, I guess, Jason, how close to $1,180,000 would you start to consider? Not close, Ben. Not close. Jason, give me an idea of how close. We've had a look at a couple of properties. We could probably do something... One four five is is where we'd sell. Jason, the thing that I want to point out, and again, to the risk of offending you again, and I know I've I've I keep saying that because it's not in my nature just to let things pass and just go yes 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 yes, because too often in real estate, people don't say what's truly on their mind to their sellers, and that really cripples them when it comes to accepting something and moving on. Do you believe your money's better kept in this property, or do you think it's better put into the next property? I think it's relative on the market at the moment, to be honest. Well, mate, I think that one of the things that you're seeing at the moment is the fact that your property isn't as desirable as what you thought or what we would both like it to be. Otherwise, we'd be inundated with some better and more offers and more people. We've had 75 people through in three yeah. weeks. Yeah, but unfortunately, those people that you know, most of them have the money to buy your home, they're not seeing the value because it isn't a draw card for them to say yes straight away. So I think that's a realisation. because... We've got a bidding to start from price of a million dollars. I appreciate mean, that. But Jason, as I've said to you, is that the people that have placed offers, they have the budget to pay 1.5 for your home, but choose not to. Now, they might pay one, two, one, three, but based on what they could get for value for money elsewhere, it's reflecting on your property. 
So Jason, if we want to come to that realization that it is reflecting on your property, maybe it isn't desir- as desirable as what we both thought it was. And I'm guilty of, of, of thinking that it might've been more desirable, hence my guilty of trying to get you too much in the beginning. But after re-educating myself on the actual facts from people in the marketplace that are out there buying with those budgets. Now, Jason, the thing that I'm trying to point out is that is it better extracted out of the marketplace here? If I could get you, and again- Ben, 1.2 is a joke. How close to that would you start considering? Get me something that's not a joke. That'd be the cheapest property per square foot, the cheapest property in the area, the cheapest property in the street in 10 years. Unfortunately, Jason, we are in a battle with this marketplace where it's a race to the bottom and the first person to get out is going to get the, the most. The cycle's been money. five years, Ben, though, not 10 years, man. You can't tell me that we're going backwards 10 years. Well, who knows? Because if I could predict that, okay, and you could predict that, maybe you do wait. I, I don't know. But if you're going to play a game of Russian roulette with the marketplace, it's a dangerous game to play. Because what might happen, Jason, is that... Let's it's only Russian roulette if you lose at the end of the day, Ben. Exactly. And there's a higher probability of you losing than it is... You we don't lose. We keep the property. It's a beautiful home. With the ongoing cost of your sure. continued mortgage, your... So it's going to be a mortgage on the new place, too. No, I appreciate that. But at least you're paying for something that you ultimately want to be in. Yeah, we don't mind being here. Well, you are moving for a reason, aren't you? you Correct, do, sure. You do want to sell I want to move. Jason, I just want to confirm. You I want to move. Sell yes. Okay. So how close to 1.2 would you start to consider? G- give me a reasonable offer, Ben. These offers are not reasonable. What's you can't reasonable? tell me that two What's weeks reasonable? ago you're in this front door saying, What's yeah, 1.5 reasonable? is fair and comfortable. What's reasonable? I don't know. Give me 1.4 and let me have a chat. So you're saying that even if I got a start at one three, you would no, you, you wouldn't even you wouldn't even talk about hey, it. A hundred grand at this no, no. Okay, okay. I just hey, my job is to defend your expectations, and please understand that this conversation does not replicate the conversations that I'm having with I should sure hope not. But the reality is, is Jason, I am there to make sure that you don't make a silly decision. That if one four turned up, that you think that that's a start. I think that one four, if it turned up, you should grab it and run. Get me one four and let's have a chat. Okay. Let me see what I can do, but I want you to reflect on a few things out of the conversation. First of all, first of all, is your money better kept here or is it better put into the next property? I don't think that matters either way. Jason, in a game of Russian roulette with the marketplace is not a smart decision to make because let's say that I do get you $1.35 million, okay? You're going to probably say no to that. Yeah. You're going to risk gambling $1,350,000 at the hope of keeping it to make $50,000 in the future or that somebody else will come along. A $50,000 return... $150,000. In your mindset... And unfortunately, your mindset isn't buying the property. So, Jason, just reflect that that $50,000 gamble, if 135 turned up, you're gambling $1,350,000 at the hope to get $50,000 more. You're smarter than that. But let me see what I can do. Let me see where I can go and work to. But just to be clear, at 1350 to 14, we could have a conversation. At 14, we could have a conversation. Okay. Just so you're aware, I'm still going to bring you one three fifty if it turns up. Sure. Okay. So, guys, again, chipping away gradually. This, these conversations, folks, you are standing there or listening to your podcast or in your car or wherever you are now going, oh, no way, I'm never having this. I'm never doing it. I'm never doing it. 
okay? These are the reasons, folks, that your sellers are selling for less money because if 1350 turned up at the moment based on feedback, based on offers at 1-1, based on us not being able to get it there, Jason should take it and run for the hills. And I'm slowly getting in there. And I'm only in week two of this process, folks. I'm only in week two of this process. I guarantee you that if I, I guarantee you that if I continue down this path, and Jason can reflect on this, okay, is that I guarantee you that he would look at one three between one three fifty and one four if it turned up. And also, if the factors are there correctly, is that ne the next sector of all of this, guys, I would be going into with him is going into, hey, if you're selling for less, you can buy for less. If you're buying and selling in the same marketplace, it's reflective and relative, okay? You can take him through all of that. Take him through the holding costs of the property. What does he achieve by holding onto the property? You can take him through the gambling side of things. You can take him into, then uh, once I get to the deeper and more pointy end of all of this, guys, Week three, I can say to him, Jason, I don't want you to accept this, but I need you to if you're going to sell your home. That's where that conversation has a lot more weight. In the first week, that conversation has no weight at all because you have not done your time and you have not shown them that you've gotten every single cent out of the marketplace on that perspective or you've done everything in your power to get their property sold. Jace, anything else to reflect on on that situation, you being the seller and getting an absolute beat up? at this point no 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 i think it's all right i think it's been pretty even game to be honest yeah. um but uh i'm hopeful that a lot of agents were kind of regardless of whether it was in a calm demeanor or a more passionate demeanor with a seller have all been in situations just like that and heard responses just like that and i'm uh i wanted uh, you to give them example of exactly how you'd handle that because what? if you don't have one now your next sale will be like that yeah well but mate i think that the one thing that we need to reflect on as well is how repetitive i am that's 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 important, guys. Saying the same stuff yeah. over and over and over and over and over again for it to have different effects at different times. Yeah. But as soon as these guys, as soon as you've got the, the comfort and the confidence to have basic conversations, you know, it comes down to a listing presentation. There's a lot of rinse and repeat in a listing presentation, and in prospecting, there's a lot of rinse and repeat there. Same thing with crucial conversations. Yes, they can go different directions based on the different scenarios and different personality types. However, if you're having the same foundation each time uh, it's not rocket science absolutely and guys this is all <laughs> all in context is that this is two conversations in two weeks it's not a conversation every single day mm. it's not a conversation every single day Either way, guys, that's uh, that's a bit of a wrap for today, I believe. Uh, gives you guys some really good stuff to chew on. We can dive into it a little bit further um, uh, over the next week or so. I think we'll keep going with this part of it. We'll keep going with these conversations and these different questions that ultimately we can ask Jason in order to get him thinking about the marketplace in its entirety. Okay, thanks for tuning in. Look forward to you tuning into the next episode of Rethink Real Estate.